You're listening to a Leisure Moment podcast with your host, Deetra Helvey, who's always ready to have a casual conversation about her love for literature. With the hustle and bustle of Book Expo America and the endless lines and streams of people waiting to meet authors, I became acquainted with so many new authors and Daryl Janey was one of them. A work of fiction based on a true story, his novel 19 is definitely unlike anything you have read before. Listen as we hear Daryl's insight and vision behind his novel 19. Enjoy! Uh, hello, is this Dietra Helvey? It is. How are you, Daryl? I'm doing fine, Dietra. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing awesome. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? This is not a phone that I usually use, so I don't know what it sounds like. It's, it sounds absolutely perfect. It sounds as, absolutely perfect. <laughs> Good. It's perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for joining A Leisure Moment, and just so glad to have the opportunity to talk with you today. Just want to tell our listeners that I had the pleasure of meeting you personally during BEA this past May. That's right. That was awesome. That was I met a lot of people there, and it was awesome to meet you there. Well, tell me a little bit about your experience there um, with BEA. Was that your first time? That was uh, my first time at BEA, and um, I was I was kind of blown away. I was amazed at how many industry people were there, and uh, also it's the first time that I really got out uh, to promote my book, 19, and I was um, very happily surprised at the reception uh, that I received, uh, you know, not only the concept of the book and, and uh, you know, just people's overall reaction was great and people stopped and uh, talked for, uh, you know, for, for, you know, quite a few minutes. I thought it was just going to be a lot more rushed, but everybody was very um, interested and sort of informal and, Mm -hmm. you know, got got into a lot of great one-on-one conversations with people and we've still continued to to speak to quite a few of them um, that are interested in, you know, getting the word out about 19 and, getting their copy and things like that. So I, I was I was really pleased with uh, with the whole thing. Well, that was my first experience as well. And I must say that I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to kind of mingle with some authors that I knew and some like yourself that I had not met before and had never heard of the book 19. So it was great, you know, with the layout because they had volunteers that were there with certain books standing at the end of the line. And I'm like, I've never heard of this and I've got to check it out. So I think BEA's experience is wonderful. We get to meet authors that we know and authors that we um, discover there. Tell us a little bit about 19 and what inspired you to write this book. Now you said it's it's based on a true story but it's also a work of fiction. So tell me how that works. Well um, that, that was a little bit of a you know a thought process that went into it because at first uh, I was inclined to write it sort of autobiographical like a memoir and um, as I was writing it I wanted to be free to uh, change times and even sort of not change people, but put people in different situations that it may not have happened exactly that way. 
but primarily it's you know I guess if if this was history you'd call it historical fiction, um, but it's not history. It's it's just it's my story, and I I, I think the one uh, book that I think of that I used as as sort of my um, uh, base as as far as doing that would be from uh, Ernest Hemingway, A Movable Feast, which was a book about his time in Paris in the early 1920s. And he kept all the names the same of all the different editors and authors and bookstore owners that he knew in Paris, Mm -hmm. but he swears it's it's a work of fiction. And I think it's the choices we make in fiction Uh compared to a memoir that... um, I like to have that option to be able to make a choice of what's interesting and not put in something that maybe I don't find as interesting, um, which I think makes for a more interesting interesting book. The other reason is because I, I also uh, personally, and other people may not share this, but mm-hmm. I think of a memoir as somebody that has achieved a certain amount of fame and, and or notoriety and, and is known by before they even write the memoir. So that, that influenced me as well. And, and I'm, the response I've gotten from everyone that has read 19 is they're very happy that I, that I made that choice. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the, the primary reason of why I chose to call it a work of fiction. And I am working on the sequel to 19, which tentatively right now we're calling it 20. I'm not sure if it's if that's going to be the actual mm-hmm. title or not. But it, can, it his story continues on. The, the hero of the story is, has my first name, but his last name is McIlvain. And um, if you read the story, you'll sort of understand why the first name stays the same. But um, I would say it's true in that it, everything um, rings true. I did have someone that came up to me and asked me, I really need to know, is all that true? Did all that happen? And I just said, well, do you think it is true? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, absolutely. And I said, well, there's your answer. So <laughs> that that's kind of the way that, that I chose to do it. And then some of the names are changed as well. But primarily it was because I wanted to have that freedom, and I was so glad that I made that choice because there was some really interesting directions that the that the story took in, in small ways that I'm so happy that you know uh, I was felt the freedom to write what I felt uh, basically what I saw as it went back into my head, which may not have been exactly the way that an experience happened. Like three meetings with one person, I condensed it into one meeting with that person. Things like that. So when we talk about that. Um infusion of fiction and the true story piece, what would you say would be one of the hardest pieces um, in writing your story 19? Well, in the beginning, one of the most, that's a great question, by the way, one of the most difficult things for me in the beginning was being honest in a true sense and, and not trying to uh, you know, I use the, the term from Saturday Night Live, they call it writer's embellishment, where mm-hmm. You know, they just take something with a grain of truth and they just blow away out of proportion. And for me, in the beginning, that was a very big temptation. Um, and I'm I'm on the radio, but I'm using air quotes to make the to make the the hero better mm-hmm. uh, air quotes than 
than he actually was. And every time that I made that choice, I found myself going back and changing it closer to what actually took place. And I found that those are the parts that people liked the best, which right now, that that's, that's very encouraging to me. But at the time when I was writing that, I was a little nervous about that, mm-hmm. um, that he was going to be too real. But the real parts are what I found that people... Those are the parts that people fell in love with about this main character, and I I couldn't have been more surprised uh, when that first started happening. But that was the biggest challenge for me because I wanted, in my head, I was thinking, what will people like? What will people Mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. drawn in by? And I finally said, what do I want to write? What do I like? What's the type of story that I would like to read? And I think that was a little bit of a break, well, actually a pretty big breakthrough for me because before that time, I had written, you know, I would have to say almost larger than life. The characters were almost, you know, maybe too good to be true or too mm-hmm. tough to be true or, or whatever the, you know, whatever the analogy might be. And um, I found that people really embraced him from from all different demographics. You know, young people, uh, people that were, you know, in their 80s really really liked this character and I thought well they're gonna think he's just a troublemaker or whatever (laughs) so that was the biggest challenge for me after that it was so enjoyable for me to write the only thing I didn't like is when I didn't really get the chance to write because I was so busy with other things and and, and I can understand why you would be so busy. You are a master carpenter. You have a lovely family. You're a father um, and a husband. And how do you find time to to fit writing in? Well, actually, when I wrote 19, it was a little bit easier than it is now in that I only had five kids, and now I have seven. So during the writing process, <laughs> mm-hmm. two more, you know, we're blessed with two more children mm-hmm. um, of 19. It definitely was slow going, but it was. I was pretty disciplined about every morning um, sitting down at my desk at five, and I would write till six thirty or seven. Sometimes I would go a little over that time um, if I was just felt that you know I was really doing well and moving along on what I was writing, and I tried to write about a thousand to fifteen hundred words a day. So I wasn't like writing a ton. Um, but it was, you know, I was keeping it moving and then it would be the process of going back, taking out the parts that I didn't like and basically leaning it up. I mean, Hemingway had a quote to be hard on the words and only put enough words in there to get your point across. And I, I really like that, that discipline, um, to not go on and on about something just mm-hmm. to, just to state it, let people draw their own conclusions uh, to whatever whatever it is I'm saying, um, and, and but show them, you know, you know what the scene is, how it looks, how the people are, what they're saying, and then let let the reader take it from there. So um, yeah, it's hard with with the sequel. It's it, I'm finding it more difficult, which is why I'm doing a Kickstarter campaign to raise money to put towards the writing, editing. Um, design work and publishing of the sequel, which everybody that's read it has called for a sequel. Um, so it just seemed like a natural fit to to do that. And so, we will um, absolutely put a link with this podcast um, for that direct link for the for the Kickstarter. Um, and I've seen, you know, some, with 
technology and social media, things of that nature, Kickstarter is something that I've seen that really helps and works. So we'll definitely put um, the link there for that. Because if your readers want uh, the sequel and want the next book, then you'll have to deliver. <laughs> Most well, definitely. I would, I mean, nothing would thrill me more. I mean, that's really my goal is, mm-hmm. to, is to be a, a full-time writer. And um, I'm very uh, humbled by the reaction that I've had to 19 in that it's something, I think I was trying to do something that I felt was different and I'm very encouraged that people liked it, that it wasn't so different that people said, um, I really don't get it. Uh, but it is different in the way that it's written in, in, in the way that the prose is someone called it uh, a humble and colloquial style was what one of the reviews was. And I really liked that. I mean, you know, that wasn't, my intention, but I wanted it to be uh, the way people really spoke to each other and the way a 19-year-old, it's all first-person perspective, so I Mm -hmm. want it to be the way this particular 19-year-old thought, and thoughts are not always, you know, sanitized and, you know, uh, thoughts that you would have in church. It it, it was the real thoughts, and I'm finding that people that, all people that have read it are are embracing that and saying, wow, you know, I, I, I kind of relate to that. <laughs> Which I'm like, really? That, that's a shock to me. So, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely what I want to do. I want to keep true to his story, keep it in the same um, first-person perspective, mm-hmm. and I've got, got a good amount of it uh, written, and uh, probably about a third, and then I've got notes for the whole uh, novel, and I'm just excited to, you know, to put put the time in to um, complete it. Well, can you give us just a little glimpse of Daryl's story? And I and I know part I know it's based on a true story, so it's partly yours. But I'm just saying, give us a little bit about Daryl's story, almost like a little synopsis without giving away too much for the listeners. Well, sure, sure. I mean, I, I think if they go to the website, they see, you know, if any reader goes to the website, they'll see the pictures um, from that time. So they would have to make an assumption that, you know, I did uh, did work for some photographers and some magazines simply by looking at the pictures. A lot of similarities. I did uh, go from a Midwestern college to New York City in 1981 and ended up really starting to go out to look at agencies in really January of 1982. So at that time, you know, I put a lot of months in, was ready to basically go back to school because it wasn't going well. And sort of a serendipitous meeting with a couple of strangers just walking down the street uh, actually led me towards an agency that I had never even heard of. And from that point on, uh, it sort of takes off from there, and it's sort of a, it, it, it's sort of um, you know, a, a quick journey. There's some small things that happen, and some big things that happen very quickly. That uh, landed me in Milan, and then very quickly after getting there, some good things happened, and I was able to. One of my first, well, actually, my first job ever was for uh, Italian Vogue, um, which that's not too typical. Mm-hmm. And also, the other thing was that there was a big thing about hiding how old I was because I was too young. 
um, and 19. Most people they wanted to be, at that time, it was men that looked like, you know, men, you mm-hmm. know, like 25, 30-year-old mm-hmm. men. And I had just turned 19 in November. So I wasn't really in the same category of the people that were there and was in a time when they really wanted, you know, the beards and, you know, sort of sort of like guys, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, somehow was able to convince them. And the first photographer I worked with told me, you know, that that was like, uh, maybe a top secret information <laughs> that I was 19 and uh, not to tell anybody about that. And the uh, second job that he uh, booked me for was for the ca- a campaign, a pretty big campaign for Christian Dior. And so we went to Paris. So that's kind of the start. And then it, it keeps going from there. It's not just about modeling. I would mm-hmm. say probably 25% of it goes through what the experiences of the hero Daryl McIlvain is, mm-hmm. and the other 75% just deals with life. And I found that to be the interesting part too, because you're not you're not always in front of a camera. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other, you know, it's probably two thirds of the day that you're not in front of the camera. And I wanted to explore those, explore some of the things that I went through um, from my childhood, some of the things that I went through that got me there um, mm-hmm. in the modeling. And also some of the things that I was faced with, sort of the challenges, you know, some of the, actually you're seeing some of this in the news uh, right now about people being, um, you know, uh, all different types of corporations where if someone speaks out and says that's not right, they're fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly in the modeling business, that was, especially back in 1982, that was very common. If you spoke out about anything that was harassment or sexual harassment, mm-hmm. you certainly would just get fired uh, almost immediately. So I sort of like straddled that line between not getting fired and speaking my mind um, when I, when I saw something like that. And and that's within, that's within the book too, um, which uh, I think is a good message. Um, I've heard from teachers and people uh, that work with young people that have read 19, that that's a, that that's a big inspiration that someone without, really back up, uh, I'm using air quotes on that, was able to stand up to people and hold to what he wanted to do in a real challenging environment, certainly a very, uh, an environment where a lot of people are really tempted to do whatever they're told to do so that they can move up the ladder. And we've heard, we've all heard stories of that. And uh, that's in, that's in 19. That, that's a, that's a big part of it and um you know and it's it's also how how i got to that point is also is very interesting to me as well because it's not from necessarily a moralistic or a Mm -hmm. religious standpoint although that plays into it but it's from a standpoint of basically holding to the truth that you know and and that you're the only person that can make a decision as far as whether you want to do something or whether you don't want to do something. And um, I think that was, is a great message for young people. It's one that I tell my kids. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's not necessarily the popular decision to have people, you know, if you do the right thing, you know, for instance, drugs, if you mm-hmm. tell their kids, hey, I don't want to do drugs, um, they're probably, that doesn't mean they're all going to, 
embrace you and say, oh, my goodness, you're, uh, yeah, you're the most popular kid in school. It might be just the opposite. They might make fun of you. They might criticize you. But at the end of the day, you're the person that has to look yourself in the mirror and know that you weren't, you know, pushed into doing something. And um, there's, there's a lot of that within, within 19, for sure. Well, you really kind of went into the next question that I was going to ask you, and that was about the message or the theme that you want readers um, to grab. So that really connects with that um, um, changing or coming of age type type story. Um, so you really hit it on there. Let me ask you this. I know you're working on possibly your next um, book, 20, but are you working on anything else in um, the writing genre? I think I may have read something about a collection of short stories as well. Yes, yes, there is a collection of short stories. Um, they're all uh, different different periods of time. They, they go further back than 19. Really, they're stories based on things that happen again, fiction, but things that happened in my childhood. And um, I am working on them. Some of them I'm just making some small changes, and then we're going to format them. And we're probably going to put out, I would say within eight months to a year, a collection of the short stories um, that, you know, it's a, it's a very similar type feel, but they're not all first person. Okay. And uh, I'm really excited about those as well. Some of the the childhood short stories are, are some of my favorite. They're, they're the ones that I wrote quite a long time ago, and mm-hmm. then some of them I've written more recently. But I've got a real desire to uh, put those all together, get them edited, and then get them out to people so that they people seem to be interested in this character. And that, to me, is, you know, I'm I, again, I, I, like I say, I'm humbled by the, the interest in um, in the main character, so he'll be making appearances at different times in the short <laughs> stories, and we'll see what people think. Well, and this truly, your writing um, style or the writing process for you is an example of writing about what you know, or writing about those experiences that you've that you've had um, in the past. Um, and so, I think that's phenomenal because we we do. I mean, I'm not a writer, but when I used to teach writing to some little middle schoolers, um, I would always encourage them to think about, you know, your experiences, write about what you know first and let those words just flow. And it looks like that's what you've done here with 19. Um, And so we're excited to be able to get the word out about it and let um, listeners and readers know about it. Any, well, thank you. Do you? Let me ask you this before we sign off. Now, with your little ones, do you have any little aspiring writers in your family? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> I have an eight-year-old daughter who is uh, she's been keeping a journal, and um, she's got a great memory, which I think is a big part for me of, of writing is being able to draw from experiences and and see them in your head. So the only I've spoken to. Uh, for high school um, groups of creative writing um, mm-hmm. students, and the one advice that I would give is when you see something, just try to think about it and try to remember it. Um, don't necessarily write anything down, but think about what you're seeing. That sort of 
for me anyway, it, it, it locks it into my head and it's there in the vault or the archives, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that I can draw from when a similar thing happens or if I want to draw from that exact experience. I, I think so much of writing is remembering well so that you don't have to sort of, you know, put in uh, parts of it that you're unsure of because for me, I can see that in writing and I try myself to take that out of my own writing to only have things that actually ring very very true to me because quite frankly that's what is the most interesting to me and Hemingway was phenomenal at uh, showing and not telling people Mm -hmm. he wouldn't tell people what to think he would just show them and they could interpret it just like if they went and saw the Mona Lisa or the Leaning Tower of Pisa or something like that Everybody has their own interpretation of those two things, and that to me is what fiction is all about, is let people make up their own mind how they want to interpret it. Wait, and you mentioned that you visit um, several high schools. Do you, do you find that you are visiting, um, visiting high schools, doing author visits? Yes, it's all it's all actually um, stemmed from getting the books into some people's hands, the uh, of a local principal, local super, a couple of superintendents, and after they've read the book, they wanted us, wanted me to come in and speak to the students about the writing process, answer questions, and then um, I read one of the chapters as well. So there seems to be two distinct groups that I'm finding through this process. It, it is people that, it, when people have read it, it sort of changes the dynamics mm-hmm. because it is, it is a different kind of book, and um, that's how a lot of these things have led. I've gotten a few interviews on uh, local TV stations just from people having read the book. They were unsure if they were even going to think about you know, putting an author on the show because that wasn't necessarily what they did. Mm-hmm. And after reading the book, I'm actually going to go on the second time on, on a show on the 27th that he, it, it all, all was based on him reading... 19. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from a place of, of genuine interest, which to me is, is really what it's all about. Absolutely. And I know even for me, um, when I talk to authors, when I interview, I usually, I like to talk to the author first and, and then read the book. Sometimes, you know, I don't want to, um, get anything in the beginning that might spoil it for me. Um, but yeah. I want to just be able to talk to the author and then sit back and enjoy and let those conversation pieces soak in as I read and I can, you know, visualize and interpret myself when I'm reading. So looking forward absolutely to reading 19 by Daryl Janey. Well, thank you very much, teacher. I'm, I'm thrilled that you, uh, that we met at DEA and that, um, You've taken the time to have this conversation. This has been this has been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Well, I am so glad, and so I will keep you posted on the um, post date. I'll definitely send you a link um, a couple of days ahead of time, so you'll know when it's coming out, and we'll be sure to. Um, post it on all of our social media sites as well as iTunes and YouTube, um, and get the word out. Thank you for joining us, Daryl. Thank you very much, teacher. <laughs> Thank you. You have a good evening. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
We want to thank all our listeners again. Check us out at AleisureMoment.com. You can like us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And check out our new YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Have a good one.